Well, hello and welcome to the podcast channel for Impact Student Ministries here at Eubank Baptist Church. My name is Aaron. I'm the pastor for the students here, and we are so grateful that you are taking a few moments out of your time to listen in. So we're going to jump right into the third message of a series that we are calling From Now On. And we kicked off this series a few weeks ago, and we started by looking at a foundational truth that comes with living a new life that Jesus gives us. And this whole series is about how to live out this new life, how to live out a life of faith. And so we kicked off the series by looking at a foundational truth that you and I have to embrace, that when it comes to uh, living this new life, when it comes to accepting this new life that we get through Jesus, it comes down to this foundational truth. And the foundational truth is this, is that our new life is based on what Jesus did, not what we do. Because see, there's, there's this misconception sometimes that in order to have a life of faith, in order uh, to be seen as a, a, as, as a faith-filled person, you have to do X, Y, Z. You have to work your way up to a particular status. But what we know is that the Bible teaches something very different. The Bible teaches that our faith, um, our, our new life is not based on our works, but based on our faith in Jesus. And so... That's what makes this new life so significant because we know that it's based on what Jesus did, not what we do. And the past two weeks, we've seen that when we embrace this truth, when we accept it as truth, we receive a few things in return. We we started by saying that, that, that because of this truth, we receive peace and security, that, that our, our status in the family of God, our, our standing with God is based on what Jesus did. So there's some there there's a peace and a sense of security in that. And then last week we looked at how with this new life comes freedom. That you and I are no longer slaves to sin, no longer slaves to our flesh, no longer slaves to our old habits, our old self, our old tendencies, but we are we are freed into a new life, a new habit, a a new way of seeing things that is all based on what Jesus did for us on the cross so many years ago. And for this message in particular, we're going to shift from an internal focus to an external focus. We're going to go from looking at how this new life shapes up inside of us, how this new life affects us internally to looking at how this new life affects us externally. We're going to see what it looks like if if people were to look at us, if people were, were, were to look for evidence of a new life, what should they see? What would they see? And so tonight we're going to be, or in this moment, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. And if you're uh, listening, I, I want to encourage you right now to hit the pause button and go find a copy of the Bible. Because what we know, what we believe is that the Word of God is living. It is active. It is sharper than any, than any two-edged sword. But in order for us to, to, to experience the Word, we have to have the Word. We don't want you to take, uh, or we don't, we don't want you just to assume that what I'm saying comes from the Bible. We want you to see it for yourself. So we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. 
And we're going to spend time in a series of verses uh, 16 through 26. And we're not going to read um, every verse word by word, but I would encourage you um, on your own time, go and read this whole, uh, this, go, go and read the, the, this passage in its full entirety on your own, verses 16 through 26. But what I want us to look at in this moment is how Paul gives us, Paul gives us a step-by-step process to successfully live out this new life because there is a way to successfully live out this new life and a way to unsuccessfully live out this new life. And, and, and Paul in Galatians chapter 5 gives us a step-by-step process. So let's jump right into the process. So step number one, step one of the process is to walk by the Spirit. Step one, walk by the Spirit. Go check out verse 16 with me of Galatians chapter 5, which says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So in verses 16 through 26, Paul compares the flesh and the Spirit. In other words, Paul compares our old life. Our old life is based on our flesh. Our old life uh, is all about the flesh. And our new life is based on the Spirit. It's all about the Spirit. So Paul goes into this moment of comparing and contrasting these two things. And if you read uh, the verses in, in, in their entirety, you'll see that. But Paul starts off in verse 16 by saying, So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? What's it mean to, 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 to practically live that out? Well, it starts by being rooted and nourished in Jesus. Again, it starts by being rooted and nourished in Jesus. In order for us to be sustained in our new life, in order for us to be sustained in this uh, life that we're given through Jesus, we have to be rooted in Jesus, right? If you try to plant something, you can have all the right sunlight. You can have all the right uh, instruments to grow the plant. You, you, you can have all the right things, but if, if the root is not solid, if the root is not planted in, in, in good soil, the, the, the plant, the flower, will do nothing. It'll, it won't grow. And so if we're going to walk by the Spirit, if we're going to grow, grow in our new life, we have to be rooted in Jesus. Because if we're not rooted to the person who has given us the new life, we won't be able to continue the new life. We have to be rooted and nourished in Jesus. So if it starts by being rooted and nourished in Jesus, it is continued by staying connected to God. That you and I, we have to stay connected to God in order to successfully live out this new life. What's that look like? Well, there are numerous ways, numerous ways in which you can stay connected to God. One of the most one one of the best ways, one of the primary ways is to read God's word. Is to know his word. He's given us his word for a reason. He wants us to store it in our hearts. He wants us to store it in our minds. He wants us to go back to it again and again and again because here here because here here is the reality. 
that any question you have about life, he's talked about it. If you have any uh, questions of what to do, where to go, he has talked about it. If you're a student and you're trying to decide who, uh, who I should date, who I shouldn't date, he talks about that. If you are, are, are trying to figure out how to handle your finances, he talks about that. If you're trying to figure out how, how to make this relationship work, how to make it last, he talks about that. If you're, if, 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 if you're wanting to know how to live a solid Christian life in a jacked up world, in a messed up world, he gives the answer to that. And so we have to stay connected to God through reading his word. But also we can pray, right? Prayer is simply a conversation with God. How often do we get into this place where we pray for our meals, we pray before we go to bed, and we say, hey, we're good. We've checked it off the list, right? But prayer is so much more than that. Because see, prayer is the moment, prayer is the time where God's where where God listens. God speaks through his word, and then he listens through our prayer, through our conversation with him. When's the last time you had a, that, when's the last time you prayed to God for more than two seconds, more than two minutes? When's the last time you spent uh, several moments having a continual conversation with God? And so that's how we say connect. That, 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 that is how we talk to God. That's how we have a conversation with him. But there's also a fellowship because, listen, if you are a Christian, you should be plugged into a church. We hope it's this one, but if it's not this one, we hope it's a church because you have to stay connected through God, through the people that are like-minded. You know, here with the student ministry, we have pizza every week. We have uh, worship most of the time. We have uh, basketball to play at the beginning and, 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 and at the end of the service. And those are all fun. Those are all great, right? Those are the things that we say, hey, if you come to church, you'll get free pizza. You'll, 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 you'll get to play basketball. That's going to be great. But here's the truth. If all those things were gone, would Jesus be enough? If all those things were gone... Would his word being proclaimed and taught and preached, would that be enough? It should be enough. And so we have to be connected not only to God, but to the people that he has placed in our life. So step one of the process is to walk by the spirit. Step two, step two, be led by the spirit. Be led by the spirit. Go to verse 18 with me of Galatians chapter 5 which says but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law so again what does being led by the spirit look like well it starts by being open and receptive to the holy spirit it starts by being open and receptive to the holy spirit when you become a Christian, when, when, when you become a follower of Jesus, you are immediately given the Holy Spirit. You are immediately given the helper that goes with you wherever you go. So we're all on the same page there. But here's where we get a little off kilter. Not everyone, not every Christian is open and receptive to the Holy Spirit. So the question then becomes, are you aware 
of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to talk about how we have the Holy Spirit, we have to, be, we have to realize or we have to, we, we have to ask ourselves, am I aware of the Holy Spirit? Am I aware of what he's doing? Am I aware of what he is saying? Am I aware of where he is leading me? Am I, am, am, am I truly being led by the Spirit? Am I open to what he says? Am I open to where he might take me one day? And so it's also continued by recognizing the Holy Spirit's leadership. Because again, the Holy Spirit will lead you to places at times. Because every moment, every conversation, every person that you, come, that you come into contact with, you come into contact with for a reason. There's a reason that God has orchestrated a moment, orchestrated a conversation for you and that person because he wants them to see Jesus through you. He wants them to encounter Jesus through you. And so are you recognizing where he's leading you? Some people, they recognize that. They recognize, hey, I know the Holy Spirit's leading me to do this. I know the Holy Spirit's leading me to, to go there, but I'm not very open to it. They'll, they'll try to talk themselves out of or talk God out of sending them or leading them wherever that may be. And so are you recognizing the Holy Spirit's leadership? And then step three of this three-step process. Step one was walk by the Spirit. Step two, live by the Spirit. And step three, live by the Spirit. So step one, walk by the Spirit. Step two, be led by the Spirit. And step three, live by the Spirit. Go to verse 25 of Galatians chapter 5 which says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and enticing, or in, in envying each other. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So living by the Spirit starts by recognizing opportunities. Again, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you sometimes to some places, to some conversations, to some people that may be a little uncomfortable. It may be a little unpleasant for you. You may not want to talk to that person. You may not want to have that conversation. You may not want to be in that moment, but he's going to lead you there for a reason. Y'all have probably heard of Jonah before, right? Jonah was told uh, to go to Nineveh and to tell them, hey, you need to repent of your sins and come back to God. And what does Jonah do? He doesn't go to Nineveh, right? He, 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 he doesn't recognize the opportunity. Instead, he goes the opposite direction. And if you read the story, you can see how that, how that ended. You can see what happened because he didn't listen to God. He didn't follow through. But then there's also guys like Moses, right? Moses was told, hey, I want you to go to Israel Sorry, I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to set my people free. And what does Moses do? He goes right away not to Egypt, right? He says, God, don't you know that I can't speak well enough? Don't you know that I am not a great leader? Don't you know that they will not listen to me? And God says, listen, I'm the one sending you. I'm the one that's going to empower you. I have placed people around you. To help you, y'all probably heard of Aaron, right? Yeah, he said, hey, you know, Aaron, your brother? Yeah, 
I have placed it around you to help you. And so it starts by recognizing the opportunities, but it's continued by responding to the Holy Spirit. We not only have to recognize the opportunities, but we have to respond to those opportunities. And again, Jonah, he did not respond well. You either respond well or you don't respond well to the Holy Spirit. And Jonah did not respond well. Again, he went the opposite direction of where God told him to go. Moses did not respond well. He gave excuse after, after excuse to God about how he wasn't the man for the job. And in those moments, you know, the question become, well, how can I respond? Like, Aaron, I'm not comfortable enough to talk to people. I'm not comfortable enough to share with someone about Jesus. Listen, that's okay. Now, listen, there, there will be a time where you are led to verbally tell someone about Jesus. There will be moments where you are verbally led, where you are led to verbally share the gospel with someone. The Bible even says, if no one preaches the word, if no one tells us the word, how will we respond? And so there's moments where you're going to have to talk, okay? But for those moments that maybe talking or having a conversation is not the right time, Paul, in a couple of verses before 25, in verses 22 and 23, he gives us a way to not talk about Jesus to others, but to show Jesus to others. You've probably heard of the fruit of the Spirit. You've probably heard how the fruit of the Spirit include love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And those are ways that you and I can show Jesus to the world. Well, Aaron, how is that possible? Well, listen, the world right now says that if there is someone who is different than you, treat them differently. Culture says that if if someone does not agree with you 100 percent, fight and argue with them until until you get them on their side. The culture says that it is up to you to be number one. It's up to you to be the top person and and do whatever you can to get there. Right. So if someone was to show love to someone who was considered an outcast, if someone was to show peace and goodness and kindness to someone that the culture says, you know what, they're not worth it. But we say, you know what, (laughs) Jesus says you're worth it, so you're worth it. If we do things like that, if we use the fruit of the spirit, that's how we can respond the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives us ways to respond to Himself. And so as we close this out, as we start to, to wrap things up for this message, there's a few things I want you to consider. The first thing is this. How connected to God are you? Just be real. Like, how connected, how connected to God are you? How often do you read your Bible? Right now, we are, we, we are doing the social media challenge for our students, and we are challenging them every day to read at least one verse in the Bible and to share on their social media. Now, if you, if you want a reason to read the Bible, 
And you need more than you should because it's, 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 it's full of so many good things. We're giving them a way to read the Bible. So how often do you read the Bible? How often do you pray? Yeah. How often do you pray outside of a meal? How often do you pray outside of before you go to bed? How often do you stop in the middle of the day and you just have a conversation with God? Because if we want our relationships to work, we have to stay connected to them, right? If you have a friendship with someone and you want it to work, you talk to them, right? You have conversations with them. You spend time with them. And so why in the world, if we want our relationship with God to be as strong as it possibly can, why do we not spend time with him? Just like we're going to give all our attention and our in, in, in our our time to our friendships that we want to work, we need, we need to do the same thing when it comes to God. Some of you only talk to God when you need to. Some of you only talk to God when it's convenient. Some of you only talk to God when it's the right time. Listen, there is never a wrong time to talk to God. If you're thinking about it, that is a great time to talk to God. And so how connected to God are you? And the second thing, how aware are you of the Holy Spirit? In your life, how aware are you of the Holy Spirit? Are you trying to seek his presence? Are you trying to understand where he's speaking, when he's speaking? Are you trying to understand what he's trying to do in you and through you? Again, how aware are you of the Holy Spirit? And how are you responding to the Holy Spirit? If you're aware of the Holy Spirit, how are you responding to the Holy Spirit? Again, there are numerous examples in the Bible of people who didn't respond well to the Holy Spirit. Who didn't respond well to where they were being led to, what they were being called to do. But there's also examples of people who responded well. If you go to Hebrews... If you go to Hebrews and you go to, excuse me, if you go to Hebrews and you go to uh, the 12th chapter, I believe it is. Um, no, sorry. Uh, chapter 11. If you go to chapter 11 of Hebrews, you will see a list of people who responded well. You'll see a, a running list of people who responded well. So how are you responding to the Holy Spirit? And here's the last thing I want to leave you with in this moment for this message for, in, in, in this part of the series. If you notice, there's been a pattern with these statements. There's been a pattern with what's been said. And just like there's been a three-step, like we've, we, we, we've just spent time walking through a three-step process that, the, that Paul gives us. Right, Walking by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and living by the Spirit. And there is a progression to that. There's a natural progression. And if you, in, 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 in those three things, those three steps, they piece together for a big picture. Check this out. When we walk by the Spirit, we become led by the Spirit. Then we are able to live by the Spirit. Again, when we walk by the Spirit, we become led by the Spirit. Then we're able to live by the Spirit. If you're not walking with the Spirit, 
You can't do anything else. If you're not walking with the Spirit, then you can't be led by the Spirit or you can't live by the Spirit. It all starts with walking by the Spirit, staying in step with the Spirit. So if you're listening to this and you have never given your life to Jesus, that is the only place you need to start right now. That is the one thing that he is calling you to do. Because what I believe is that for every person listening, the Holy Spirit is calling you to do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know how long or where it'll take you. But I know that the Holy Spirit is calling you to do something. Because when you're given a new life in Jesus, you're given that life to keep moving forward. You're, you are given that life to keep moving, to, 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 to change the world, to impact the world, to turn the world upside down for the name of Jesus. You're not called. You're not meant to stand still. You're not meant to go back, but you're not meant to stand still either. You're meant to go forward. So if you are listening and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never confessed that you were a sinner who needs to be saved only through Jesus, because the Bible says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him. So if you've never done that, if you've never confessed that you're a sinner, that you can't earn your salvation, you can't work your way to salvation, but it only comes through a relationship with Jesus, if you've never done that, that's where you would need to start right now. That is where the Holy Spirit is leading you to. That's what he's calling you to do. But if you are a Christian, if, you, if you've already done that, if you've already given your life to Jesus, I want to ask you this. What is he calling you to do? Because some of you know what he's calling you to do. Some of you, you have that feeling, you have that thought of, you know what? I think God's calling me to do this. I know God's calling me to do this, but I'm, I'm hesitant. I am worried. I'm anxious. But whatever he is calling you to do, do it. Don't wait. Just follow through. Respond well to the Holy Spirit. So my prayer for you, my prayer for me, is that we would walk by the Spirit so that we can be led by the Spirit so that we can then live by the Spirit. 